You bet to Mongo to rescue my family and stop Ming before he leaves for Earth. You want to come along? We thought you'd never ask. Well, hello again. Uh, welcome to episode four of Two Geeks, Two Beers, and a Laptop with me, Morgan, and Tom. Hello. Uh, this episode, we will be uh, heading back to the 1980s uh, to talk about Defenders of the Earth. Now, it's quite timely we're doing this, actually, because do you have any idea in which year Defenders of the Earth was set? Um, is it a distant future? It is the far-flung future of 2015. Really? Set <laughs> in 2015. I never knew that. So, so, so there you go. So, Defenders of the Earth, it um, was a cartoon series from the 1980s. Yeah. Ran for one season, one season of 65 episodes. Oh, sorry, what, so one... <laughs> How does that work? They just, That's more than a year, isn't it? Yeah, well, they, they just went, you know, full in in those days. There was no messing. 65 episodes. But its origins go all the way back to the 1930s. Okay. So back in the 30s, um, in comic strips, he had these characters, uh, Flash Gordon, yeah. uh, the Phantom, mm-hmm. Mandrake the Magician, <laughs> and his best friend, Lothar. Um, <laughs> what Mandrake's best friend? Mandrake's best friend is Lothar. Nice, I know, they're, they're just buddies. So... <laughs> Um, it, but then in the 1960s, so 30 years on, mm-hmm. King Comics, which was um, you know not quite Marvel or, or DC, but you had this company, King Comics, and they, at this point, had all the rights to these characters. Okay. Um, and so, just like how Marvel, how, you know, they assembled their, their mightiest heroes for the Avengers, yeah. uh, in the, by the time 1986 rolled around, someone had the bright idea to unite all of King Comics' uh. top heroes. This, this hadn't actually happened in the comics, unlike the Avengers. They did it for the first time in this series called Defenders of the Earth, which wonder, launched in 1986. I wonder why they hadn't come up with that before in the comics. I don't know. It seems like a... Like a and there have been Defenders of the Earth comics since, right. but it was something that was unique to uh, the cartoon series okay. at the time. Now, if you watch the first episode of uh, the Defenders of the Earth, what's quite weird is they assemble, but it's not them meeting. <laughs> so they all know each other already. So first episode starts. Mandrake's got this mansion. Flat, like spaceship crashes on into it. Right. It's Flash Gordon. He's just like, oh, it's me old mate, Flash Gordon. Quick, Lothar, get him inside. At what point yeah. did Mandrake, the English magician, meet space adventurer Flash Gordon, former football player, <laughs> former US football player Flash Gordon, turned space adventurer? Did, Never really established. Did he crash it on purpose? No. Well, he because if he if he knew where his house was, maybe he was doing that. It's never established if he sort of crash landed on purpose. The reason he crashed was he was being pursued by Ming the Merciless's ice robots. All right. Yeah, yeah don't you, say. You yeah, don't, don't worry about it. Flash, my friend, you must not exert yourself. But my wife and son are prisoners of Ming the Merciless. Ming? His home planet of Mongo is dying from the lack of resources. He plans to leave Mongo and invade the Earth. I came to warn you, but my ship was chased and shot down by Ming's ice robots. So the defenders of the Earth, you've got Flash Gordon, I think I think from, you know, uh, the old movie and everything from yeah. the 80s. Everyone's pretty familiar uh, with Flash Gordon. Flash, ah, uh, exactly. <laughs> Everyone knows who Flash Gordon is. Yeah. You've got Mandrake, 
who is this sort of English uh, magician with a top hat, a bow tie, a great moustache. So was he um, just, as you say, a magician, like he's a hypnotist, or was it, he just... Well, exactly, he's a magician, but he's act, like he's got actual magic, and right. hypnosis is one of his top okay. powers. Um, but <laughs> he can even, because, as I say, uh, Ming the Merciless has these ice robots. For some reason, he can hypnotise robots. Not really explained <laughs> how he's able to do that, but, but alright. We have pursued the golden-haired visitor to this harbour. I see no visitor here, and neither do you. Then you've got Lothar, who yeah. um, was a character from the Mandrake comics. He's sort of the muscle of the team. Okay. Um, he, he was the How's he mates with Mandrake? Again, not really established. They don't look like they hang out. Well, Lothar is described as a Caribbean ninja. Okay. Um, never really explained what the origins of his relationship with Mandrake, the, the English magician, are. a nice holiday sometime in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just a little elbow grease. And some knowledge of astral mechanics. So that there's the, you've got these three characters. Then uh, Ming the Merciless, he's hiding out on Earth in his sort of uh, HQ. But they, the, so the defenders are like, how are we going to track him down? And in a genuine line of dialogue, Mandrake says, we need the help of someone with the senses of a jungle animal to sniff out this space pirate. <laughs> and like, where are we going to get someone like that? Luckily, there's the Phantom. The Phantom, the Phantom who lives in Africa. He's sort of attuned with animal spirits, and he can call on the power of ten tigers. That's his power. <laughs> not eleven, not nine. Specifically, but, okay. specifically ten, and that's that's, that's by jungle law. That's his birthright or something. <laughs> and he can be, be as strong as, as ten tigers. Okay. Yes, I will join you in your fight against this Ming. I'm always ready to battle pirates from wherever they come. So um, the defenders of the earth, they will assemble. They set up shop in a volcano for reasons that are never really made red, cool, readily clear. Just looks cool, but but the defenders of the earth, unlike say the Avengers, not just a, a superhero team up, um, because you've also the whole show's got this kind of next generation uh, Saved by the Bell, the new class vibe about it. <laughs> the youths, <laughs> youths. So um, it's because it's actually set a little way on from the classic. Flash Gordon, uh, um, Mandrake Adventures, Phantom Adventures. Yeah. So Flash Gordon's married with a kid. Wow. Uh, Lothar has a son, Lothar Jr., or LJ, as he's known. Um, the Phantom has a daughter called Jeddah. Um, and even Mandrake has adopted an orphan boy called Kishin, who's just raised by him and Lothar in this uh, mansion, which for the 80s, Quite forward-thinking. Yeah. <laughs> this is some of these two is guys raising an orphan boy. Is insinuating this? I, 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 it's never really established if, like, Mandrake and Lothar are in a relationship. I think, I'm going to say they are. Yeah, I, you know, I'd like to think they are. They yeah. seem quite close. It's quite forward-thinking yeah. for the time, for a kid's cartoon from the 80s, but who knows? You know if they made it now, they would just... Just have that, they have that established, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, <laughs> there you go. Now, the, um, the kids... Uh, all these kids, they all attend high school, right. in, and all of Defenders of the Earth, actually, is set in Central City, which is also where The Flash lives. Not Flash Gordon, but like DC Comics, The Flash. He also lives in Central yeah. City. Now, is that, you know, were they angling for a I crossover? Or is it just unimaginative writers coming up with the same name for a, for a city? We'll never know. <laughs> now, we were talking uh, in the previous episode <clears throat> about... Scrappy-Doo syndrome. Oh, no. <laughs> Who have they got this time? So, because we were talking um, Thundercats, uh, Snarf. Snarf, yeah. And then uh, Orko from He-Man. Batmite. Batmite, of course, yeah. from the new Batman adventures. <clears throat> uh, so, Defenders of the Earth has this little alien furball, uh, Zuffy the Zuffoid. We need a real headquarters. Right, Zuffy? Ah, we are <sighs> yeah. 
<laughs> now, I don't count Zuffy as officially one of the defenders. <laughs> um, he doesn't do anything, and he doesn't feature in uh, the opening credits. Well, that's the rules. So, Those yeah. are the rules, the opening yeah. credits, which list each of the defenders. Now, I think for anyone who's maybe not all that familiar with Defenders of the Earth, um, maybe such as yourself, mm-hmm. the, the theme tune is what, or theme song, I should yeah. say, is what everybody and knows. I do know this one. So uh, we're going to play now the theme tune to Defenders of the Earth. In my opinion, it's one of, probably one of my top five animated theme tunes of, or just theme tunes of all times. Absolutely spectacular. Here we go. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. Out of the sky, his rockets ignite. Jets into battle, flying faster than light. Flash Gordon, Lord of the Jungle, the hero who stalks. The beasts call him brother, the ghost to war. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. Master of magic, spells, and illusion. Enemies crumble in fear and confusion. And drink. Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. His strength is a legend, his skills conquer all Armed with his power, we never will fall Defenders of the Earth Defenders With our new young heroes proving their worth Four become eight, defending the Earth Defenders of the Earth Defenders Defenders of the Earth So many moments in that which are just <laughs> we need to, to talk about I mean um, a, it's like the, do you know who sings that? Because unfortunately, we don't know who performs the incredible sort of yeah. hair metal vocals. It's very like Survivor, you know, um, <laughs> Eye of the Tiger, Toto type yeah. singing at the time. Yeah. Not only do they have their own little uh, intro, but I like the way they they have to actually say their name, Mandrake. Mandrake. <laughs> my, <laughs> Mandrake has my favourite bit of, of that title sequence. Uh, Master of magic, spells and illusion. Enemies crumble in fear and confusion. confusion. But when I was a kid, I always misheard crumble as grumble. So <laughs> I thought he was they were grumbling. His enemies were grumbling in fear and confusion. Oh. Yeah, but he was casting these spells and they were like, oh, I'm so confused. I'm, I'm afraid. Stop it. Oh. It was just a bit of a pain in the ass. But those brilliant lyrics written by Stan Lee. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, Stanley. Who? Um, I mean, if you if you don't know who Stanley is, I don't know what you're doing listening to yeah. this podcast. Go get out, get go, out. go and Google. Get <laughs> out. But Stanley is obviously the kind of maestro of Marvel comics. Who uh, he created Spider Man and the Hulk and the X Men and, and everything. And yeah, one of his other uh, establ- uh, achievements was uh, writing Defenders of the Earth. So he does, does. Has he done any other lyrics? Any other songs? Not that I know. He did. He, <laughs> he used to narrate. Right. There used to be an incredible Hulk uh, cartoon in the eighties. Right. And Stanley used to narrate narrate it. <laughs> so he'd be like. Bruce Banner, secretly the Incredible Hulk, but Betty Roth has no idea. But when I used to watch it, because they repeated that that 80s Hulk cartoon in sort of the 90s, yeah. but for some reason, the repeats used to get rid of Stan Lee's narration. Wow. So, I don't know. But they didn't replace it with anything. So there would be bits where someone would go like, hey, Bruce Banner, I know you're the Hulk. And then there would just be a really awkward pause where his narration used to be. Just people stood around going, uh... No, I'm not. I don't, I don't know what you're, what you're saying. So yeah, that was very awesome. Dramatic pause. Stanley is just, you know, he's a, a man of many talents, clearly. As his memory begins to fade, one last thought burns into Banner's mind. Return to base. Now, uh, the defenders of the Earth, they fought uh, Ming the Merciless. Right. And he was in the Flash Gordon film as well. He was, he's traditionally Flash Gordon's nemesis. Yeah. A bit like how in, you know, Loki is Thor's nemesis, right. but then he becomes the, the adversary of the whole Avengers. Mm-hmm. Ming was adopted as the nemesis of the whole Defenders of the Earth. Okay. 
What I like about Ming, he refers to himself as Ming the Merciless. <laughs> That's not a name his enemies are branded him with. He's like, I am Ming the Guy's Merciless. So merciless <laughs> a volcanic eruption. The battle is won. The defender's base is destroyed. Nothing can stop me now. Now, you remember we were talking about Terrorhawks, and yeah. we were talking about. Uh, you know, there's questionable uh, Asian stereotypes yeah. in Terror Hawks. Well, th- there's not so much in Defenders of the Earth, but that's because the origi- the way Ming is often portrayed, say in the the old uh, Flash Gordon serials, they used to film serials they used to do. Yeah, he'd be um, portrayed as kind of a, a Mongolian stereotype. He'd be um, played by white actors in in makeup, and so the way Defenders of the Earth decided to get out of this was by sort of greening him up. Right. Um, which is a weird trend that sort of caught on in a lot of 80s and 90s cartoons. Why green? I don't know why green, but they had these... So whenever you have like a kind of racially dubious, normally an Asian stereotype, they would um, green them up. So you had obviously Ming the Merciless, you had uh, the Mandarin in the 90s yeah. Iron Man cartoon, they greened him up and gave him pointy ears, that was another thing. And same with um, Dr. No in James Bond yeah. Jr., which oh. was about James Bond's nephew. Right. <laughs> and I then, think it's passed me by as well. You missed, oh, all right, future episode, James <laughs> Bond Jr. But so they were all given green skin and pointy ears, I guess, to make them sort of more exotic, more alien, and less uh, contentious. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wh- where's, where's Ming from? Ming is from uh, the planet Mongo. So <laughs> so technically it's not, they're not, it's not actually there's no, there's no Asia. Reason. Ming was always portrayed as an alien. There's absolutely no reason why he's this... Sort of Asian stereotype. Is so, it just because of the name Ming? It sounds. I, I think. I think it's more just um, uh, you know symptomatic of the times right. where where Asian people were seen as the enemy. Unfortunately, yeah. so they were. Uh, you know, in a lot of the old serials and comic strips, that was how they were portrayed. Um, and you know, thankfully, we've moved beyond that now. So they it call, made more they sense they to call portray. it uh, Yellow Peril. That's what they call the it. The Yellow Peril. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes sense to move beyond that, of course, and to portray them as more obviously alien with, with the green skin and the pointy ears. Right, right. And so, um, so Ming had he, had, he kind of had a little rogues gallery around him. He had Mongor, who was his pet, who was a giant purple snake. Yeah. He had Octon, who was like this robot octopus, but really sassy. So he'd always be like, he'd be like, what's going on, Octon? He'd be like, Oh Ming, oh, Flash Gordon's coming. Oh, like that's basically how he's seriously. If we could find a clip, he's always like, "Oh, the defenders of the Earth—they're escaping." It was like really shitty to me. Yeah. Sire, I have picked up transmissions from a computer using Flash Gordon's code. Flash Gordon. At this time, the location of the computer is unknown. Find it. And then, as if as if dealing with Octon wasn't enough. Ming, like the Defenders, had his own kids. He had this little piss weasel of a son <laughs> called little Prince scrot. Prince Crotan. It was a right little scrot. And he would just, he would just sort of linger about. And whenever Ming would get defeated, he'd be like, looks like you've been defeated again, father. Hmm. <laughs> like he, like, Crotan what are you just, doing then? Yeah, he, was just, he was kind of like a Scott Evil to Dr. Evil, always having a go at his dad, go, why don't you just kill them? Yeah. So Defenders of the Earth is a show that I, I absolutely did love as a kid. Um, and a lot of people say if you go back and look at it now, maybe it's it's dated a little. Right. The animation has absolutely dated. There was you know we were talking about how uh, in the previous episode about how quickly animation come along. So reboot at the time looked incredible. Yeah. Now every animation every animated series yeah. is done through CGI and they all look absolutely stunning. You think how do they have, possibly have the budget to do that? Something like uh, you know like Batman the animated series in the nineties looked incredible. Um, that was a big. 
uh, trendsetter. And so even going a few years back to Defenders of the Earth, the, the animation is, is quite limited. It kind of It's a weird thing where they had in the 80s where uh, character designs would kind of fluctuate from episode to episode. So people look quite different. Yeah. Voices change. Sometimes Mandrake is British. Sometimes he's American. They can't, they can't quite so. But uh, the reason I sort of you know, stand up for Defenders of the Earth and say it's not just nostalgia that people remember, it's not just the theme tune. It did sometimes go quite dark mm. uh, at times. So in the first episode, uh, Ming the Merciless is holding Flash Gordon's wife and son, Rick Gordon, hostage. And Rick escapes, he becomes one of the Defenders. <laughs> but they just kill Flash Gordon's wife what? in the first episode. They kill his wife. And so he's oh, like, yeah. he's like, Ming has murdered my wife. I'm going to get vengeance. It's like, for a, for a little kid show, it's quite, it's quite mature. So did it go all like taken after that? He was just <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like... So he's like, oh, Ming the Merciless, you've killed my wife. <laughs> I will find you. And so he's after, literally, that's basically the end of the first episode. He's like, I will find you, Ming, and I will kill you. Um, I mean, she doesn't really die. Her consciousness is transferred into the oh, yeah, supercomputer yeah, yeah. Dynac X. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, she <laughs> behind me putting that aside. She does. She she does basically die. Yeah. That's, that's a bit much. But mm. talk about the um the animation. Like, mm. if they did it again now, right? Mm. But what I like the idea was they do this sometimes in computer games. Like in Broken Sword, it was a nineties computer game. Mm. It was like quite um you know stocky animation for the time mm. but they've remade it re- they've done a new one recently but they took they just updated the original t- like, for a while they tried to do these like 3D versions mm. but they've gone back and done the original kind of animation okay. with, with modern technology yeah. so it's, it looks good yeah. Would you if they did a new one of this now would you like it to be very similar to how they animated it but obviously better, better or would you want it to be completely different style if you know what I mean well we were talking in the previous episode about how very rarely do um, animated series that go live action very rarely does it work yeah but I think Defenders of the Earth is one of the few, because of the Avengers comparisons, yep. I think it's one of the few um, animated series from the past that could really work yeah. if you did it live action. Because you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has obviously been like ridiculously popular to the extent that DC are now scrabbling desperately to catch up. They've got, um, you know... Man of Steel, straight to Batman versus Superman, yeah. featuring uh, Wonder Woman, yeah, featuring Wonder Woman and Aquaman, uh, and then quickly, quickly, yeah. Justice League. We have to catch up, and we've got all our movies planned till twenty twenty. Uh, and you know, and it's absolutely everyone like the cinematic universe is like the in thing now. And I just think this is like ready made for someone yeah. to do uh, not just a film, but like a whole a universe where you could have a Flash Gordon movie, mm-hmm. you could have a, a, Fant- a Phantom movie, then do the Mandrake movie yeah. with introducing Lothar as well. Yeah. Then you do a Defenders of yeah, the Earth movie. Yeah. That's, that's your phase one Easy. of your King Comics yeah. un- cinematic universe. Why, why has no one done that? I don't who, know. who would play who? Well, I think we've talked before about how, uh, kind of funnily, Timothy Dalton, <laughs> but, but you know him in the Flash Gordon yeah. movie, funnily enough, yeah. with his little um, moustache, yeah. he would have been, like, if you could take anyone from any time, yeah. he'd be a perfect Mandrake yeah. because he's, he's, sort of, he's British, he's got the little tash, he'd be, he'd be amazing. I was looking this up, something I didn't realise. I was um, looking up to prepare for this podcast. They were very nearly going to make a Mandrake movie. Oh. Um, let me just look it up here. So we're going to make a Mandrake movie uh, in 2007. And <laughs> can you guess who they were going to have playing Mandrake? Oh. It's one of your favourite actors, I know. It's not Jai Courtney. It yeah. wasn't Jai Courtney. Jonathan Rhys-Meyers. As, Ma- as Mandrake. He gets all of the roles. <laughs> it was Henry VIII, it was Dracula. You know, but 2009 rolled around. They were like, right, I think Jonathan Rhys Myers, either they decided to move on or he, he dropped out, whatever. Right. They were like, Jonathan Rhys Myers has dropped out. Who can we get to replace him in terms of sheer charisma? 
this is pre-Jai Courtney, pre-Joel Kinnaman, when those, those charisma boys weren't about that. Who can we get, who can we get to play Mandrake, this charismatic dude? Let's get Hayden Christensen in. Oh, Hayden Christensen. He's a proven, like, you know, <laughs> box office winner. <laughs> he just, he just, yeah, he just, like, you know, bleeds charisma, no. Hayden Christensen. Um, but they were going to have, quite interesting, they, they had also cast uh, Jaimon Honzu yeah, as, yeah. as Lothar. That's actually quite yeah, good casting. He'd be, he'd be good. He'd be good. Yeah, he'd be um, good. Obviously, the Mandrake movie never happened, so this whole Defenders of the Earth universe is we just... We need to start Im- with Mandrake, though. Yeah, well, I, I don't think they were planning to do... <laughs> they weren't planning to, unfortunately, oh, bring it, Say they life. did a Mandrake film, and mm. it did surprisingly well, because that was like a year after Iron Man, wasn't it, 2009? Yeah. So imagine if they did a Mandrake film that did well, and mm. then they saw Marvel and go, okay, <laughs> doing a Flash Gordon film. What they should do, that's why they should start with Flash, because it's the most recognisable brand. Yeah. The, it's kind of the Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Then you do uh, the Phantom because yeah. people have kind of heard of the Phantom, even yeah. if it's just through the terrible movie they did before with Billy Zane. <laughs> Sorry, what? Oh, okay. oh, I'm so glad you don't know about this. So they did a Phantom movie. Um, Billy Zane. Billy Zane as the Phantom. Also, star- also starring a pre, well, sort of pre-fame, sort of post Darling Buds of May, pre Mask of Zorro, Catherine Zeta Jones. Right. 1996. <laughs> Um, directed by Simon Wincer, appropriate because we all winced through the entire movie. Um, yeah, it was a, a, a phantom movie starring uh, starring Patrick McGowan, star of The Prisoner. There you go, oh, a little, little thematic link uh, yeah. back to the previous episode. Um, well, so who was so who was who? Billy Zane was Billy Zane was the Phantom, right? Uh, and. Yeah, I mean, it was... Oh, Patrick McGowan was the Phantom's father. Okay. He was the 20th Phantom, because the, the, the Phantom <laughs> is, is passed, like, the mantle of the Phantom is passed down through the generations, and so they each get the power of ten right. tigers, I don't know, on their, on, their, on their 13th birthday or whatever. Just take a look around. Darkness rules the Earth. In a dangerous world... Governments crumble. Chaos reigns. In a treacherous time... There is opportunity in chaos. Evil is a fact. We shall succeed where they have failed. Drax is on a quest for a supernatural power. They know far too much. And courage. Stop them. You're the only one who can. Is a phantom. Who was that guy? Somebody I already killed. There are some who say he is only a myth. Soon they will discover. Phantom is real. So yeah, they did make a Phantom movie. We we pretend that didn't happen. Okay. Um, but anyway, as I say, you make a Phantom movie. Mandrake is probably the character people are less familiar with. Mandrake is sort of like the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. where people aren't so familiar with it. But because of the the sort of the way Mandrake works, you could have a bit of fun with it. It could be a little bit tongue in cheek. You could do a sort of Guardians whole thing with it, and then you do Defenders of the Earth, which which is the Avengers, and it would be incredible. I've just read this might be in your notes already, but mm. in time, in time. So I was going to get onto this. this so is fascinating. They never quite made a Mandrake movie, but. In Time, which is this uh, 2011 science fiction movie with uh, Justin Timberlake, no, not as Mandrake, um, but it stars Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried, and it's actually based on a Mandrake the Magician uh, short story where uh, time is a currency and if you spend all your time you die. So that's kind of, the, weirdly, that's the closest thing we've ever got to, to a Mandrake movie or to a King's comic uh, 
cinematic universe. It will happen. Well, I don't know. It's too late now. I reckon. I think people are already like fed up of the of the Marvel movies. Well, it's like we know all the films coming out now until like twenty twenty nine. It's like by then, surely we'll be like I've had enough. If they want to do a Defenders of the Earth movie, they need to do it now, yeah. and they need to give me a little a little stipend for for getting this whole idea underway. And I want Josh Holloway to play Flash Gordon. You want Josh Holloway to play Flash yeah. Gordon? I, I looked this up online. People are suggesting Chris Hemsworth. Maybe mm. if you think of him, you can't, can't be both Thor and less Flash Thor, but more like you remember the start of Star Trek where he's Captain Kirk's dad. That's kind of he's kind of Flash Gordon. Could could, could kind of work. He's in stuff. What? Oh my god! Chris Hemsworth is in. Did I say Star Wars? I meant Star Trek. I think you said Star, Star Trek. Trek. But yeah, the new Star Trek yeah. movie. Chris, is he Chris Hemsworth plays. That's like his first pre Thor role. He plays Captain Kirk's dad. He dies, and his mum is is Jennifer Morrison from Once Upon a Time. I remember House. that. All right, yeah. That's mental. So, oh, anyway. But anyway, back to Defenders of the Earth. So, so I mean, yeah, there's never been a movie, but but Defenders of the Earth did sort of get a kind of quasi sequel, which was this show called. Uh, it was in, this was eight eight years later. So kind of in the nineties, you had this show called Phantom Twenty Forty, okay. which which was about the twenty fourth Phantom set in the future. Uh-huh. Um, because as I said, that the Phantom Mantle is passed down through the generations. Mm-hmm. This show had absolutely incredible animation, and it's never directly linked to Defenders of the Earth. But in one episode, uh, Mandrake <laughs> has a little uh, unnamed cameo uh, as like a, an old friend of an old good. Phantom. So, so it's we, kind of it, a sequel. Is it canon then? Do you say? I, I'm going to consider it canon. Favorite word? Fa- yeah, <laughs> you, could, you could consider it canon. So yeah, there you go Phantom Phantom Twenty Forty. The year is twenty forty. The place is Metropia. Here, a new hero prepares for action. The man who cannot die. The ghost who walks. The Phantom. The Phantom's Pledge to fight evil and injustice wherever they may be found. In this future world, in this dying city, with the fate of the Earth and all humanity in the balance, the Phantom is there. Has any series had more episodes than The Venice of the Earth in one season? Um, unless Apart from you, anger management, I was, I was literally going to say unless you count the Charlie Sheen uh, sitcom anger management, where they made season two at, at something like ninety episodes because they just wanted to make as many as they could before he died. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I think that's that's pretty impressive. So talking about Phantom Twenty Forty though, yeah, you you have you ever heard the show um, Sherlock Holmes in the Twenty Second Century? No, which <laughs> in a word, it always it always one always leads me on to the other because it's kind of the same thing. You've got these like classic literary characters yeah. and you transpose them into the far flung future. I don't know if we'll do the future episode on this, but like that in twenty forty it was about Inspector Beth Lestrade, who's like this descendant of Lestrade in New London. It's a mad scientist, creates a clone of Moriarty, right? <laughs> so she's like, Oh, I gotta fight Moriarty. So they again use science to bring Sherlock Holmes back to life. He's not a clone, they just like you bring him back to life. Okay. If they could do this, why not do it on a wide wide scale? Bring everyone yeah. back to life. Don't, don't worry about it. He then teams up with a robot Watson, right? <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous. It's, you say it sounds ridiculous, right? You've got clone Moriarty, like rejuvenated Sherlock Holmes, robot Watson. But then they actually did quite, uh, not all the episodes, but some of the episodes were actually quite like accurate, given that they were transposed into the future. Adaptations of like the Arthur Conan Doyle Stories. Oh, right. They kind of did like futuristic versions of them. So no more or less 
kind of ludicrous damn Sherlock, Sherlock the TV yeah. show Sherlock where a lot of it's very very loosely based on, on the original stories oh, I'd love it if they did that as a film Sherlock Holmes in the 27th yeah. century yeah just get Cumberbatch in the future yeah yeah, and Martin and, Freeman doing a voice in the robot and people yeah, and people sniff at that but it won a daytime Emmy uh, Sherlock Holmes <laughs> in, the, in the 22nd century who was in that uh, who was in the cast? He was Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. <laughs> fascinating. I seem to remember that also had an incredible theme song. Mainly it was just someone singing the words Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century <laughs> over and over. one of the laziest uh, theme tunes <laughs> I've ever seen ever. It's not quite Holmes in the 22nd, 22nd century. century. It's not quite up to Defenders of the Earth mm -hmm. uh, uh, standard. Uh, right, well, I, I feel like I've yeah, I've, I've talked you through on yeah. Defenders of the Earth. I, I, I would like to have an excuse to sit down and watch at least some of them. Yeah, yeah. well, they are, they're all out on, uh, on, on DVD, I believe, or you can find them through uh, Lush Official Marines. If you can do, as you say, Guardians of the Galaxy ended up being really, really good. Yeah. You could, even if they just did Defenders of the Earth as a one-off. Yeah. Fine. It, yeah. It'd be great. If you did, they had the right people involved. The right tone. The right actors. Yeah. It could be really good. Yeah. Right, well, uh, that's it for this episode. Thank mm -hmm. you as ever for listening. Uh, Next episode, we're gonna we're very conscious of the fact that we have been talking for the past four episodes just about uh, kids' cartoons yeah. from from the eighties and nineties. Yeah. So, uh, what are we gonna be doing next week? It's looking at random weird franchises, movie mm -hmm. franchises. So, uh, we don't want to give too much away. No, we'll, we'll basically we'll be talking about film franchises that you may not have heard of, that you may not be aware exist, um, but also maybe there might be a film that you've heard of. But you didn't know it spun spun off into a, a dozen yes. sequels. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at yeah, kind of like hidden gems and secret franchises. Yeah. But again, thanks very much for joining us. Yes, thank um, you. Um, please do uh, follow us on Twitter mm -hmm. at Two Geeks Cast. Um, there's also uh, the website, which is Two Geeks Two Beers WordPress .com, where you can find all of our previous episodes, or you can subscribe on iTunes or however you get your podcasts. Uh, so yeah that's it thanks very much yeah thank you very much see and you next uh, time. see you next time bye bye and all of you have something to offer your special skills someday kashin and zafi even you will be able to join the team which will be forever known as the defenders of the earth